0: And we're back with more Gabo here to talk about One of These Days by Gabriel Garcia Marquez.
1: Have you ever had one of those days? These days? The days? (laughs) I haven't had these
0: types of days where the mayor (laughs) knocks on my door demanding services and I have to pull out a revolver. No, that's not a normal day for me.
1: Nothing ever happens good at the dentist, though. We can agree on that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, considering my wife works for one, mm, I'm going to have to plead the fifth on that one. (laughs) Oops. (laughs) (laughs) Oops. <laughs> <laughs> so what do we have with this setup? Um, Gabo, right? The name's synonymous with with uh, magical realism. But with this story, I don't think we really get that, right? We, we, we get straight Southern Latin lifestyle. Tell me about how you read this opening situation.
1: It's definitely grounded in reality. It's rooted in realism. And that was at first... Uh, a surprise, you know, because of, you know, having so much, you know, magicalism before. But I definitely felt that small town country vibe. Everybody knows everybody. Nobody locks their doors. And that when you say something to that degree to the mayor, that maybe it could be in jest, because a lot of times, you know, you joke around when you're such a small town, because literally everybody knows everybody. I, I-, I lived that in my life. But Sometimes you go too far, and I think that's what happens here is he's like, oh, he's serious, and you kind of have to know when to switch gears very, very quickly, and we see, you know, kind of the, the events play out from that point on.
0: Do you think this is how the mayor rolls? Like, do you think this is unique for the mayor to go to the dentist office and to expect to be turned down? And not only that, then to rebuttal with violence, right? Threatening with a gun. Do, do you think that this is unique for the town, or do you think this is every day?
1: I think it's the same damn thing.
0: It's <laughs> just one of these days, uh, th- right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, to quote the story, that's what the mayor says. Um, I, I think that this has become his norm, perhaps. Uh, and that's maybe the crux of the whole story is the idea of power, right? What does one's power over another allow them to do, and what does one's power over another entice them to do? And that's what I think has happened to the mayor: is he's enticed to do this because he knows he can get away with it now, over and over, all these years of belittling people and you know pushing them around. He's a bully, right? He's a bully. He knows he can get away with it. That power has corrupted him,
0: mm-hmm. right? Like he's done something to these twenty men, right? Like when. The dentist says, like, now you'll pay for our 20 dead men. And basically, did you, I got the impression that he was like, hey, this is going to take anesthesia because of the abscess. And then, I don't know if I misread this, but there was no local anesthesia and there's description of the pain. I'm pretty sure he's like, yeah, you ain't getting it. You're going to, I'm going to make you feel suffering to the same way that you've made others suffer. That That's how I read the situation, that maybe the dentist can't do the ultimate evil of of killing the mayor I guess I mean he had the revolver there in case he needed the gunfight but this was his way of exacting revenge upon someone who's perhaps caused a lot of suffering in the town
1: yeah exactly so is is this irony I guess <laughs> where the mayor has caused death in the town and now the dentist is exacting his revenge in a minute way but he is causing pain and suffering in turn And I think it comes to that idea that, you know, one good deserves another. What what is the saying? (laughs) One good kick in the pants? I don't know. (laughs) But I, I think that the dentist is trying to enact revenge in his own way. And I think that he realizes that in the end that he is just as bad as the mayor, maybe not on the same scale, but that's a matter of perspective.
0: Are you thinking of one good deed deserves another?
1: yeah but these are bad deeds. There's got to be a bad <laughs> saying, right? <laughs> these
0: aren't good deeds. <laughs> Do you uh one thing that I thought was really interesting was the facade the characters put on. When the mayor walks in, the the, the dentist isn't totally at ease, right? He's got he's got his hand on the edge of the desk, to quote the narration, because that's where his revolver is, right? And the mayor walks in half swollen in the face, and he's exchanging pleasantries. Good morning. You know, morning, right? And the idea is that he's like putting on this facade. It's like, oh, you know, like I'm getting what I want. No need to do anything because he's putting on the pleasantries. He's putting on that face. But you'll notice as soon as he got what he wants, the tooth is extracted. He did have to suffer for it. You'll notice he didn't button his tunic right away. And when he left, he basically just kind of like um, saluted. You know what I mean? Like he didn't go out of his way to really exchange pleasantries like when he first came in. So it's almost like now that he's gotten what he's want the pleasantries are put aside. Now you get the real him. He's gruff. He's like, I'm out of here. You know, oh, do I send the bill to you or the town? Ah, it's the same thing, right? Like like there's a, I almost think there's like this epiphany that we experience as a reader of, oh, once someone gets what they want and they're done with you, you're discarded. You're no longer treated or put up in, in either at gunpoint or with pleasantries to get what they needed. It's like you get to see the real him after this.
1: I like that. Yeah, I kind of thought this is way again back to kind of the power analysis is once the mayor has what he wants, we start to see that there's this divide between the two men. And I'm not sure if we think of the mayor saluting, he is the political military power and the mayor is against the dentist's social um, power per se. And I mean they they call out many times of like the cobwebs and the dustiness and you know the how cheap the office seems to be, so there is definitely this maybe political economic divide between the two men as well, and this scenario has equalized them a little bit, not exactly equal, but it is that again that power shift here, that power struggle almost, and then as he leaves and now he's got what he's want, he's back in charge again he's you know like.
0: Huh. <laughs> mm. Okay, so that's kind of interesting because if his, so I think we agree the mayor's power is violence and corruption, lording intimidation yes. over others, right? And the the dentist's power is actually that of, you know, he's not like an all good guy per se, right? Because he's got the revolver. He seemed rather unaffected by the violence and corruption. He's unlicensed in some regard, which I don't want to necessarily hold against him. But like, you know, he's it's clearly he's not like a guy that follows the rules to a T is one way to put it right. What's his power? Is it is it like you said, is it that social currency? Is it the idea that he's creating good in the community, even if he is not licensed, even if he is. You know, doing what he can in the situation again, we don't know the corruption behind the scenes, but like at least he's he's creating this positive influence in some way. And maybe that's his power is the way that he can positively influence the community around him.
1: Yeah, he alleviates pain when most people go to the dentist regularly cleanings, of course. But in this situation, which a lot of us have experienced, you have a toothache or there's something wrong. It's agonizing. I mean, there's almost no pain like tooth pain and you're going to the dentist and he is alleviating that he he's a healer and that's got to be some type of power over these people people come to him for help and you know maybe he gets a high on that but now he gets to use his healing in a convoluted uh warped way it's corrupted because of this corrupt man and i think that's what it shows that that power in one person can corrupt them but then the mayor can also corrupt others because of his power so it's something we have to be cognizant of
0: yeah it's it's we've had that talk before about if you have a bad barrel of vinegar can you have a good cucumber come out or or does it all come out as pickles right and <laughs> in the way that we can influence and perhaps corrupt each others i mean that that can be a hard thing to escape right
1: Yeah, and I do not really like pickles. (laughs) I don't like going to the dentist either, but.
0: (laughs) But I do like reading Gabo's story. So we're going to leave a playlist to other Gabriel Garcia Marquez playlists down below for other talks that we've had of him, that is. What do you think of this story? What, What did you think of the power of the mayor? Did anyone change in this story? Or is this one of those days and this is the day in, day out? Let us know in the comments down below. My name has been Una. Thank you for spending some time with us.
1: Peace.